just a dialogue in your head where you're like, I don't know if I can do this. Like I am really dying. And then kind of like another side of you is like, no, you can do this. You train for this. Hmm. You did not put in all this time to back off now. Um, and yeah, obviously your body is screaming at you and your brain is screaming at you, but you do have this other side of you that you can harness that is just won't let go. Yeah. Tapping into that can be really important. Welcome to Champions Mojo Weekly Podcast, where your hosts Kelly Palace and Maria Parker share with you what it takes to be a champion. Kelly is a former Division I head swim coach, Olympic trials qualifier, and holds Masters World and National Swimming Records, and Maria holds world records in endurance cycling and was the overall women's winner of the world's toughest bike race, Race Across America. They'll be sharing their personal stories and wisdom, along with interviewing other champions to give you the tools you need for becoming a true champion in your own life. And now, your host, Kelly Palace. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Champions Mojo podcast, where we are in for a treat today as we'll be talking with Leah Smith, an incredible freestyler who is an Olympic gold medalist as part of the USA's winning 800 freestyle relay at the 2016 Olympics. Leah has also won an individual Olympic bronze in the 400 freestyle. Leah swam collegiately at the University of Virginia, where she dominated the distance freestyle events and went on to win multiple conference championships and NCAA championships in the 1650 and the 500 free. Leah's the second fastest U.S. swimmer ever in the 500 free. She's a professional swimmer for the pro swim team, the LA Current. She's sponsored by Tier, and there's much more ahead about Leah. But first, before we talk to Leah, I want to say hello to my co-host, Maria Parker. Hello, Maria. Hi, Kelly. I'm also really excited to talk to Leah. She comes from a family of famous athletes, and she's spoken of her ability to grind it out and to be a team player. She's a woman after my own heart. Let's welcome Leah to the show. Leah, welcome to Champions Mojo. Hi, guys. Thank you. Thanks for all the nice compliments and hyping me up. <laughs> hey, you did the work. Yeah, yeah we you don't did have to the hype work. you up. You're already there. So um, first, we have, to, we have to divulge that we are talking with a fellow yeah. University of Virginia graduate. Yes. So, <laughs> so Maria, we, we kind of keep that under wraps because I always talk about NC State, but yeah. you know, we got a big rivalry coming so up here. We do, especially in swimming. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit. I'd love to get yeah. a comment on that, but let's start with you, Leah, and um, just catch us up on where you are in the world and how your training's going and what, what your life is like right now. Yeah, so we are at the uh, inaugural meet of the ISL finals this week, which is really exciting for me to be a part of this historic league. And as for right now, I'm gearing up for 2020, just fine-tuning some things, getting ready for a big uh, spring and summer of racing, mm. and I'm getting really excited for that. How are you feeling? you feeling strong? Yeah, I am feeling strong. I think that I have been... Over the past three years, I probably wouldn't have mapped out my career or my life the way that it has gone. Mm. Uh, but I do think that I'm feeling really strong and I'm very excited to see what I can do. Are Beautiful. you generally a planner mapper and and things didn't go the way you maybe planned mapped them? Yeah, I think I, I'm becoming a planner mapper. I In college, I was extremely disorganized with everything. I never knew when anything was. No. Never knew <laughs> when my assignments me. were. 
I had a planner and I never filled it out. <laughs> now I have an extremely detailed Google calendar. It <laughs> reminds me of my events like five times a day. I have my Alexa read me my schedule every morning. I have a little schedule hanging up in my apartment. I like to plan out a lot of things. So I think I've really grown in that aspect. Uh, but yeah, that's more of like logistical, but yeah, as far as like mapping out where my career has gone, it's not really a measuring up to where I thought I'd be. It's more just, you can't really predict the future. And I think that I've really learned to, um, roll with the punches and adapt to things. Did you think you'd be an Olympian? I think, yeah, when I was 10, I started to think that that's what I wanted to do because I saw it as this very clear path of just checking off these boxes of you make zones and you check that off and you make sectionals and you check that off. And each step after the other had a very clear path to the next thing. So naturally I thought, well, what's the next step? And as I mapped it out, it, the highest one was the Olympics. So I just thought, well, if I've checked off all of these boxes already, I could just keep going. And, you know, to my 10 year old self, maybe that's not giving enough credit to how hard the journey to the Olympics yeah. can be. But I think I did see that for myself as a possibility. So if you wrote a letter back to your 10 year old self right now, what would you say? I wonder what I would say. Maybe I would say, do everything <laughs> that you want to do. Like just I, maybe I wouldn't change anything. Maybe I wouldn't write a letter because I, I don't know that I would want my life to be too different from how it is right now. Oh, I yeah, think great that, thing to say. yeah, I think it's easy to wish that things had never happened to you or they had never worked out the same way they did, but then you wouldn't be yourself and you wouldn't be the person that you are today. And I think I've learned so much. There's things that I regret, but at the same time, I think I don't regret the way I handled myself in certain situations. So I think, um, yeah, I could go back and look at different meets where I didn't perform as well, but that probably was the reason why then the next meet I performed really well. And if everything in my life had gone perfectly so far, I don't think that I would be the same person or know the same people or have the same friends. What's the biggest share? obstacle you think you've been through? Hmm, I don't know. I think that I've had some various coaching changes in my career at different times. And I think that, of course, I put a lot of stock into coaching and the trust that you have to have and just the relationship that you have and how much they can propel your career. Mm. But I think that I have maybe in the past, I didn't put enough stock in myself and what I could do for myself. And I think that that's like one of the things that I've really learned, uh, when I had, so the coach that I committed to in college isn't who I ended up swimming for. And I had to adjust to that. And then after I finished college, uh, my coaches took another job. And I remember after that, so many people kept asking me what I was going to do. And I was about to swim at world championships. I really wanted to take time to think about it and think, what do I want? And I remember I took, I actually took two months off of swimming after worlds in 2017. It wasn't what I would have mapped out, but I think it did allow me to do something for myself and to make a decision by myself, which was really hard because I had just finished up college where so many things are done for you and you don't really have to make too many big decisions because you're just part of a team. But when you're on your own and you're a professional, you have to make those by yourself. And I wanted to make sure that I 
knew what I was getting myself into and that I made a decision for me. Yeah, so your um, your coaching changes have been a lot. So tell us right now, like you're, you're training in Tucson, right? At the University of Arizona. Give, give us a little, like what is a day in the life? Who Who is actually coaching you on a daily basis and kind of a day in the life of training for Leah? Yeah. So, well, I guess a day in the life wouldn't really cover it and more be like a week in the life. A week in the life. Okay. Uh, so a week in the life, we double three times a week. And that's Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We single on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and we have Sundays off. And on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we pretty much, I have a new coach that I'm swimming for, Peter Richardson, and he comes from UOP and he's really great. And so Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I would say primarily is with him in the distance group at U of A. And then Tuesday, Thursday, the whole team is together. And usually Augie Bush writes that. And it's usually kind of a kick set that's really challenging, usually has some tough intervals, some really hard underwaters. And I really like those days because I can kind of see how I fare against people that are really good sprinting, kicking type people. And usually uh, before the kick set, uh, the distance group will come in and do extra pulling. So Peter would write that. And yeah, so it's definitely... What about out of the pool? Out of the pool, I actually lift and do physical therapy at the same place. So I have these really great physical therapists from this place called Smith per- Smith Performance Center. And I was connected to my PTs by um, a doctor. And I was started doing physical therapy with them about two years ago. And about a year in, they said, well, we actually do uh, strength. And so they have a whole gym and everything, and they have strength coaches. Hmm. And so they took over my strength program, which has been great because... I get to be on the same page with my physical therapy and my lifting well, that's not, yeah. and knowing what's going to aggravate so certain smart. things. And I'm really communicative with them. What about yeah. when you're not swimming or lifting? What's your life like? Yeah, I would say I kind of have a strange schedule. I think Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we swim six to eight and then one to, or two to about uh, four thirty. Mm-hmm. So I do have time in the middle of the day, but it's not really a big enough chunk of time to like get a part-time job or anything like that. And I've really been into cooking my own food lately. So by the time I'm done like cooking breakfast or just meal prepping, like I don't have as much time as it kind of sounds. What's fun? Let's see. I, so my boyfriend lives in Colorado and he will come up and we will go hiking. That's like a big thing that I like to do. Mm -hmm. I love going on road trips or drives, scenic drives. I love trying new restaurants. Yeah. So those are my fun things. I think right now I'm, I'm a pretty big foodie. I had someone on the Arizona team who's a senior. So she's gone there for four years. Tell me that I've probably been to more places than anyone on the team. (laughs) I only lived there for two years, but I'm just bopping all over Tucson, trying new stuff. So so you enjoy cooking, you enjoy going out. So I enjoy both. Yeah. I think I love seeing new restaurants and finding little foodie spots. But at the same time, I think that also inspires me to say, well, I could, maybe I could try to make this growing up. My, I have three other siblings and I, my mom did a lot of bulk shopping at Costco. So sorry, mom, but a lot of it was kind of like frozen type food. Mm -hmm. And the concept of making something, like if you told me that I could make bread 
Yeah. I, that would blow my mind when I said <laughs> that, that I one day could make bread. Do you make bread? Yeah, I have made bread. Oh, I, ma- yeah. I make these little Mexican sweet rolls that are really oh, good. My gosh. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I really want to try to make sourdough, but I know that that is actually complicated. Yeah, I think like when I realized the possibility that I could really make anything I wanted, maybe I wouldn't make it that well. I, that just opened up a whole new world of possibilities I for me. I love that you're yeah. adventurous to even. <laughs> think that you could that's yeah that's I mean sometimes like, it doesn't turn out but sometimes sure. it does right so Leah I have to get into your mindset of going through a tough 1650 or a 1500 mm-hmm. just because uh, you know I'm a fellow distance swimmer mm-hmm. like swam in college it was my best event the 1650 and you just maybe I was doing it wrong but I was mm-hmm. always in excruciating pain or yeah. right on that border so what are you thinking or saying yeah, honestly, I haven't had, well, 1650-wise, I really haven't had too many where I wasn't in excruciating pain. So many people say to me, because when I ventured into the 400 IM in 2017, so many people ask me, like, so, is the 400 IM or the mile worse? And every time I would say, the mile. I mean, <laughs> thank, the 400, you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank the, you. The 400 IM yeah. is over in four and a exactly. half minutes. The other is 16 minutes of really a lot of pain. And I do think there were times that I didn't really swim it correctly. I was always someone that like, I just was so excited to be in the race. And my other races were just go, go, go. I really feel like the 200 free obviously is such a sprint. The 500 free is a sprint too. So I think naturally I really wanted to sprint the whole mile and my, some, my coaches often tried to get me to do each 500 faster, but I would just, every time it was like letting a horse out of its gates. Like I would just sprint the first 500 and then hold on for dear life. (laughs) And And I I had a lot of good miles doing that. The guts that that takes and the pain that you can get into is just it, 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 you just can't explain it mm-hmm. to somebody who hasn't done it so. at the 500. And you're like, my gosh, I I'm in so much pain right now. And I have 10 more minutes to swim. Yeah. What do you say? Yeah. Actually my friends and I in college, we not in like a negative way, but we kind of like went back and forth. My miler friends on wh- which was the worst lap of the mile. And it was really answers were all over the place. I always thought that after you finish the thousand, that was an actual distance in dual meets that you had done all year. And you thought I've done a thousand and I have a 650 left. That was always the worst for me. My friends kind of said it was in like the 50 range where, you know, you've done a ton already, but you still have like a 300 left. And you, you probably in your head said, okay, when there's a 300 left, I'll kick it in. Like I'll try to get into a new gear. And then each lap you kind of say, well, maybe, maybe at the 200, (laughs) I'll do that. And then it's probably like, okay, the last 25, I'll see if I have another (laughs) gear because I don't know if I can turn this on. But yeah, I think I had a lot of different miles that kind of prepped me for different things that I would eventually experience later in my career. So my first big mile was at ACC's my freshman year and Stephanie Peacock was leading and I was behind and I think I had won the 500. So I expected to be like more in the race than I was in the beginning. So that kind of, for me, showed me that I kind of had this attitude, like maybe I'm not as tough as I, you, you definitely wrestle with that during the race. So for the mile, I just, I knew that I was in the timed final and I knew that I had to just lay it all out there. And I did. And at around maybe like the 1200 mark, there were two girls that started to gain on me that had swum it kind of negative split. 
And I, I remember telling my friends after the race that I said, I saw Jesus on that because I was in so much pain and I just had so much, you have so much self-talk that goes on, just mm-hmm. convincing yourself that you are okay, that you're not in pain. That So yeah, um, so that was really where so I... So what is the self-talk? like? Just kind of like, just a dialogue in your head where you're like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I am really dying. And then kind of like another side of you is like, no, you can do this. You train for this. Hmm. You did not put in all this time to back off now. Um, and yeah, obviously your body is screaming at you and your brain is screaming at you, but you do have this other side of you that you can harness that is just won't let go. Yeah. Tapping into that can be really important. And also tapping into the fact that maybe you had some negative self-talk in your race earlier in the race, but then you kept going and now suddenly you actually are in a pretty good spot. I think that's really important. I think that's huge. And I hope any young swimmers listening to this on the way to practice or something realize it. That's, that's just to hear that from you that, Mm -hmm. yeah, you might feel terrible at the 500 and then at the thousand, it might be kicked in, you know? So yeah, yeah, that's a beautiful, beautiful point. Have Mm -hmm. have you used what you've learned in those dark or difficult moments of the, of the mile in other parts of your life? Yeah, I think so. I think that if there's parts of my personal life or different things going on outside of the pool, I've sort of thought, yeah, this might be really, really tough right now, but I'm going to stick it out and I'm really tough. And I know it's not going to be tough forever. And I know that I'll be better off after it. Sometimes, even if it is swimming and it is going really tough for you for a while, sometimes taking a step back and saying, I'm not just a swimmer. This isn't my complete self-worth and it is just swimming. That has really helped me in the past. Hmm. And realizing that it's not your entire life. That is awesome. What do you think champions in general, what commonalities do you think champions share? Biggest thing for me is probably confidence. And that's something that is definitely internal. But from an outsider's perspective, you can tell when someone is confident. And that gives, I think, a lot of champions an edge. And I think that confidence for me... I I maybe have it naturally just based on my personality, but I've also had to harness it. I think that you you never know what's going on inside someone's head. And in the past, I've had a lot of self-doubt, but I've had to kind of work with that and become more confident. And I think that's something that a lot of champions have in common is that they've been kind of curating that and working on it for years to the point where you really trust in yourself and you trust in your training. So you can use that to carry you out of maybe a really rough patch, keep moving forward. And also you can use it, you know, day to day. So who has inspired you or been a mentor, somebody that's really encouraged your swimming career? Yeah, that's, that's a tough one because there's so, I mean, there's really so many people that have inspired me. I think just going through my national team trips Uh, 2014, I was such a rookie and I really looked up to honestly the whole team. I was 19. I felt like such a little kid. I just tried to soak up everything anyone said who was older than me. And the next summer, 2015, as I got closer to Katie Miley and Elizabeth Beisel, those are two girls that have really inspired me because I think that 
they're just really great people outside of the fact that they're amazing swimmers. And I've really harnessed their advice at different times. But yeah, I mean, there's so many people that have impacted me on the daily. Uh, I swim in Tucson with Matt Grievers and he always has uh, little bits and pieces of wisdom that I hang on to. So I think that's something that a lot of more people should take advantage of is that you're going to meet so many people in your life and a lot of them are going to impact you in different ways. But I do think soaking up what people have to say and um, thinking about it can really help you. I, I want to ask you about going back to the period of reflection after uh, you graduated. And what you said was that was the first time when you tried to really look into yourself and mm-hmm. say, you know, what do I want? Have you gained confidence now that you went through that decision-making process? And Oh, yes, for sure. I definitely think that I've gained confidence. I mean, each thing that I do by myself and kind of all these decisions that I make for myself, I gain confidence each time just knowing that I really can handle this and I can handle it by myself. And that's not to say I haven't had a lot of people help me out in different places of my life. But I do think there have been some tough spots in my life that I've had to reflect and do things on my own. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, when I, when that happened, I went to worlds and worlds was really great. It was probably my best international meet that I've had. And I came back from worlds and I went to the beach with my family. So I did have just like a whole week on the beach of doing nothing to reflect And then I kind of felt like I had made a decision, but I just really was in a weird spot with swimming. I think maybe because I had had such a good meet and I didn't really know. I thought, well, everything in college, you know, in swimming wise went pretty well for me. So where do I go from here? Like not really a, I don't think I can do better because I knew that I had so many goals that I hadn't accomplished it. It was more of like, what's next and how do I get better doing something that might be completely, completely different being around a group of people that's completely different and being in a different place. I think that was sort of daunting to me and yeah, it was really daunting. I think a lot of people struggle to leave their college towns, especially if, yeah, you maybe have something keeping you around. It is kind of like a little safety blanket and yeah, it broke my heart to like think of leaving my friends and I did want to um, try out something new. But at the same time, I felt like what I had reflected on and what was good for me was trying something new. And, um, I knew that part of me was really scared to do it, but I think that I ultimately realized that I wasn't, that wasn't going to help me grow. And I was afraid of change, but I knew that that was what was best for me. So getting outside your comfort zone. Yeah, exactly. So do you think that women can compete against each other like head to head and still be friends? I do. Yeah. I made the 400 IM in for the world championships in Budapest. So did Elizabeth Beisel. And the week before worlds, her and I did a Greg Troy 400 IM practice and we actually did it. There wasn't really a lot of pool space that day. And Basil and I did it in the same lane, mm-hmm. like right next to each other. Mm-hmm. So most people, if you have to swim in the same lane, one goes first and yeah. then one goes 10 back. But we kind of wanted the company. And I remember her and I were just going head to head. And at the same time that in my head, I'm thinking, I want to 
I want to do really well in this practice. I'm also thinking like, this is really cool. Like I'm going stroke for stroke with her. And I know that she thought the same thing too, because after it, she was like, wow, you just crushed that practice. And we were really proud of each other. So I think that at the same time, like I'm sure that she wanted to win and so did I, but we both appreciated that the other was doing something really cool. And I think taking a step back and making sure that, yeah, okay, I want to be in touch with my goals, but at the same time, I want to appreciate what other people are doing. And I have a lot of friends that I swim against. And yeah, sometimes it can be tense with different people. But I think that as long as you don't carry that home with you, you know, there's something to be said for being a competitor, being in the zone right before your race. Um, but if you are respectful about it and you don't carry it home with you, I think, yeah, of course, um, women can be friends. I love that. And yeah. any, and, and I've had a lot of swimmers recommend you for the podcast because here we go, that you're fun and that you're, <laughs> you know, like you're funny and you're, you're adventurous. And so where do you think, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Leah Smith is known as just being really fun to be around. What? Thank you. Yeah. I think like, honestly, where I excel is like in a group of people where we're all just like talking and we're just exchanging stories or making like doing impersonations or just like <laughs> honestly being really silly. Like that's where I'm like having the most fun, like before warmups, like it's like not too close to the meat where people are getting into meat mode, but like, we're kind of just being loose and silly. Like that's really where I feel like I excel. And I, I feel like maybe I've channeled Elizabeth Beisel a little <laughs> bit because her, she was just electric when we were on the national team together. And I always felt like you could hear her laughing from miles away, just kind of like making everyone laugh around her. And yeah, I just, I mean, I like to enjoy myself and I've always said that you know, people have asked like, when will you, when do you think you'll be done with swimming? And there's no real concrete time in my head. I think I'll be done with swimming when I'm not enjoying it anymore. Mm -hmm. And as long as I have, you know, those people around me that are in, I'm enjoying their company and I'm having a good time with, and I'm enjoying the swimming part as well. I'm going to keep swimming. What might like you, you like to do after swimming? After swimming, I think so I majored in media studies at UVA and I, with that in mind, I kind of had an idea that I wanted to go into marketing or advertising. I sort of feel like I'm kind of a creative person and I wanted to go more the media route. But, you know, recently I've had the idea that like, ugh, do I really want to make people buy more stuff? Like, <laughs> I, you know, I have this kind of like moral dilemma, like I might be really good at that marketing. Um, but I think if it was a company that I could like really get behind and like, really, um, like what their message is, I think it would be good. But then at the same time, I'm like, maybe I should work with a nonprofit. Um, my boyfriend actually, he and a former teammate at UVA and another swimmer, um, from Clemson started a nonprofit in Nicaragua that helps, uh, kids there who are really disadvantaged learn how to swim, but also pays for their tuition. And I think that really inspired me to think, you know, Everybody has these big goals for themselves and what they want to achieve, but there is something to be said for devoting yourself to something that's way bigger than what you want to achieve. Hmm. So it sounds like you've thought about what would make the world a better place. I have, yeah. Maybe if I could find a overlap between, you know, what would make the world a better place and kind of my creative side, maybe that could be something that I want to do. That's 
great. Yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. So that last question is simply so people can get to know you better. And mm -hmm. then our final, so all the tough questions are over. This is what we call the speed round. Take your mark. Cat or dog? Oh, dog. dog. <laughs> Allergic to both, oh. Oh, no. but dog. And, but I like cats a lot. Do you have Red. a dog? I used to when I was 10 to 13. Red uh, or blue? Blue. Milk chocolate or dark chocolate? Dark. Kickboard or no kickboard? No kickboard. Mountains or beach? Oh. Uh, <laughs> if I'm by myself, beach. If I'm with my boyfriend, mountains. Okay. Football or baseball? Baseball. iPhone or Android? iPhone. Coffee or tea? Coffee all the way. <laughs> Morning person or night owl? Both. Oh, I yeah. love it. How does wow. that work? It just depends on who I'm with. <laughs> and my last one, and then Maria has some for you. Fingernail polish or no fingernail polish? Oh, yeah. Nails all Nails. the way. Favorite book? Hmm. What's friend? one you that comes to mind? Oh, actually, this is a really good one. Uh, it's called Natural Wine for the People. It's all about natural wine, which is this, I don't want to say movement because it was already a thing like 300 years ago when people were drinking wine. It's basically no you know, added sugar, added dyes, added sulfites. So the natural wine kind of movement is really just a movement to get back to how wine was made in the first place. So as I've finished swimming and gotten more into like nutrition and health, and I've been cooking for myself on my own, I think I've been paying a lot of attention to ingredients and buying organic things. And so I think that was something that was really cool for me to read about. Okay. What's a favorite movie? Favorite movie. I just talked about this yesterday with Jack Roach, who's one of our coaches at this meet is called without limits. Yes. And it's a movie about Steve Prefontaine. Yes. Yes. And I watched that with Olivia Smoliga right before, um, 2017 world championships. And so it's motivating. really, really sad, but extremely motivating. Yeah. And I really don't know why it's not more of a popular movie. Isn't it an amazing movie? And incredible. Well, yeah. you guys race the same way. That really resonated with me because when his coach was trying to tell him, you oh, know, heck hold back. And he thought, that's not the way I want to run it. Um, because I want to put it all out there. And would I really feel like I gave it my all if I didn't go out at the beginning? And that's really how I've always felt, uh, with my swimming. But yeah, when I watched that, I thought maybe it's just me, but I really feel like this just is speaking to me. Okay. Favorite vegetable, uh, bell peppers. Really? Yeah, they're so versatile. They are. You can just cut them up raw and eat them without anything. Right. But also you can eat them with uh, hummus. Yeah. You can roast them. Yeah. Last week I made a bell pepper bisque. Okay, favorite swim complex you've swum in in the U.S.? In the U.S.? Uh, I really like Indy. I didn't used to because I had one bad meat there and I thought that um, thought that determined whether I liked it or not. Then I had a really good meet and I was like, okay, maybe I do like it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe India or Omaha. Okay. Um, what, uh, maybe a song on your pre-race playlist? Song on my pre-race playlist. It really depends the mood I'm in. If I'm like feeling really chill, like I need to chill out. Like I'm kind of having some anxiety. I'll listen to some John Mayer to kind of bring me down. Mm -hmm. hmm. If I'm feeling like I need to really like get into this, I'll probably go to my like pop or like EDM playlist um, where I have someone like yelling in my ears and pumping. <laughs> Do you me know up. right where you should be before a race? Like, can you like? Yeah, take I can definitely feel go, it. Okay, I need. It's up. not. Yeah, it's more like a mindset. Mm -hmm. Like, 
why am I so nervous or, you know, do, or like, why don't I, why am I not more pumped up? Shoe size. Nine and a half. Same as me. Favorite Star Wars character. Uh, Leia, of course. I mean, <laughs> oh, that would be wrong that not to say it. Yeah, I was her for Halloween one year. It was great. <laughs> you got uh, in college, people called me Leia. So. That's great. And so uh, the next one is, can you cook? We know you can. So I'm going to change it to, what's your latest favorite thing to cook? Latest? Oh, of course. Pumpkin chili. I've made it like three times oh, in the past. God. So pumpkin chili is essentially chili that you would eat, but there's pumpkin in it. So it kind of adds this little flair and I'm, uh, Katie McLaughlin and I, a couple months ago started doing this thing where we would do FaceTime cooking and it's kind of like fun. we pick a night where we don't have morning practice the next day and we FaceTime, we pick the same recipe buy all the ingredients the day before and we just cook on FaceTime and we really just get to hang out for like four hours. Okay. Last one. What word comes to mind most when you dive in the water? Confidence. Yeah. Oh, I already I touched it. on that earlier, yeah. but I think, yeah, just like self-talk and positive self-talk and confidence is really right when I hit the water. That's what I want to think about. I That's love it. Great. Now we have to circle back to the beginning of the podcast and then we're going to let you go. What would you tell your UVA team going into this championship season? What, what would, you know, alumni, Olympian, Leah Smith, mm -hmm. talking to the UVA girls? Yeah, I would just say, I'm just so proud of them. And I might not know all of them. I think I really mostly only know the seniors because that's who I swam with. And it's a different coaching staff. But I am just really, really proud of them. And as an alumni, I think that's something that I wanted to hear so much from my alumni when I was on the team. And I think that that's really what I want to tell them. I'm proud of them. I'm cheering for them. I'm always so happy for them. And I have a lot of pride in my team. And I feel like I'll always have like a special piece of them in my heart. So yeah, even when I don't know anyone on the team. Beautiful. Thank Leah, you so thank you so much for your time. Terrific interview. Just so thank you. great. Yeah. Well, we're going to be cheering for you this coming Absolutely. year. Thank you. Best of luck. Yes. Thanks. So Maria, there is a woman after my own heart. What a great interview. I've really wanted to talk to Leah Smith for a long time, having watched her for so long. How about you? I completely agree. This is a very mature and thoughtful woman. She has a lot to teach us. Yes, yes. And I think, you know, we didn't allude to this at the top of the show, but, you know, I'm sure she gets tired of hearing the fact that if Katie Ledecky was not out there swimming, Leah Smith would be a household name. There is no doubt about it. I mean, we obviously, you can't, you, you know, you can't pick what time you're born in or who you swim against. And I'm sure there were, you know, like Ryan Lochte would have been an unbelievable, phenomenal swimming name. And he still is. But without Michael Phelps, he, you know, he would have won multiple more gold medals. And, you know, Leah is so Katie Ledecky is head and shoulders above everyone in the world of distance swimming. And Leah Smith is head and shoulders above everyone else else. So it's kind of like, you know, Leah dominated her NCAA wins. She just, you know, I think she she is so underrated and under known because of Katie Ledecky's name, but someone that has always been on my radar as just one of the top distance swimmers we've ever, ever had for the United States. And, uh, and I can see why. Yeah. I mean, I think, 
you know, she may not be that well known, but I have to say, as a human, I don't think it's hurt her. She seems she seems uh, like a wonderful person. So though she may not be famous, she's 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 as you say, an incredible swimmer and also just a just an incredible person. So I'm not sure that the the notoriety or the lack of it has 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 been a, a negative for her. Absolutely. It may even be a positive because she yeah. really is. She's really together. And, and, yeah, and, and yeah, she yeah. And, and she is well known. I mean, she's an Olympic gold medalist. Uh, you know, I'm just saying what a lot of people say. And I, and we didn't ask her the question that everyone asks her as well. What's it like to swim in Katie Ledecky's shadow? Because I'm sure she's just tired of it. And and there was so much there for her. Takeaways, takeaways, takeaways. We've heard from you that your favorite section of our podcast is the takeaways. Thank you so much for that feedback. But before we get to the takeaways today, we wanted to ask you if you would please give us a five-star review. That way, more people will be able to find our podcast. Also, if you could subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify, you'll never miss a podcast episode if you subscribe. And please share our podcast with your friends. And now the takeaways. My, I, I, I want to go with my first takeaway because okay. I felt like what really, what we named this show is Leah Smith All Out. And it, mm. it all wrapped around for me on the last, one of the very last questions was, what was your favorite movie? And she said, Without Limits, the one that features Steve Prefontaine the fantastic middle distance runner from the, I guess, 70s or maybe 80s. Uh, anyway, many, many years ago, but she said she and Olivia Smaliga had watched that right before World Championships in 2017. And it was so, it touched her because she felt like she raced that way. So I, I feel like that is why we named this all out, that there are, it takes guts. It takes Such risk. Such courage, yes. Yes. My first takeaway is that she isn't afraid to go all out to get out there to go like you know just swim on the edge of pain and to put herself out there it's a risk I, I feel that her her championship quality which we haven't even really talked about in other contexts is that she's willing to put herself on the line and go into pain. I think she even said one race she saw Jesus, which is funny. <laughs> I just that made me laugh because I know as a distance swimmer, you know, it it can be so painful and you just you just hold on. And if someone's catching you, it's even worse because you you just your mind goes crazy. So um, that was my first takeaway that she's she's a risk taker and that that helps her to just put it out there and go for it. And if uh you know, my next takeaway will cover how she handles that. What's your first takeaway, Maria? Well, my first takeaway is is kind of in contrast to that because I loved how thoughtful and reflective she was. She's been through a lot of changes. She's, you know, uh, sort of things have happened with her coaching staff that that created upheaval. And people would ask her, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And she actually took two months off to be really thoughtful and reflective about what she was going to do. So she's, you know, we said just a few minutes ago, she's so mature. I think this is a perfect reflection of her maturity. It doesn't, it's to me, it seems almost in contrast to the all out, you know, courage and so forth, but apparently it's not. She's in addition to just giving it all, 
in the moment, she's also very thoughtful and reflective before she makes that decision to go for it. So I, I love that. And of course, that's my 2020 word reflection. So it, it reminds me that that's what that's how I want to live my life as well. Yes, I love that. And I, I'm not sure that her 2017 two months off was in in response to her coaching change. It might have been, but I think it was in response to finishing up world championships and seeing her pro career coming up and her NCAA career ending and just knowing the changes were out there. So I'm not sure the timing actually matched up exactly with her coaching changes, but I know that she is good at reflection. I know she did say she took those two months for, for reflection and, and whether that was the, the first coaching change, but I know, you know, when she left UVA to go to Arizona, that that was, that was her first coaching change. And then she had another one when she got to Arizona. So um, yeah, just that, that she, she does have that ability to slow down and think about what's best. Yeah. That's an incredible talent (laughs) and something that I'm trying to improve on. Her, my second second takeaway, Mm -hmm. my second takeaway for her comes with this great confidence that she seems to have, but in also a vulnerable way. I love that she said, you know, she, that she thinks all champions have self-doubt. Her actual quote was something along the lines is something like, but they harness that ability to tap into the other voice, which is, you know, I've put in the training, I can do this. And, you know, that, that self self-doubt does come into her mind, but she kind of pushes it away. She said when she dives in the water, she thinks confidence. And so I, my second takeaway was her good inner dialogue, that she knows that it's really important to talk positively, to say, you know, to get her mind in the right space and that what she's saying to herself in those long races really matters. So that's my second takeaway that Mm. she's got a strong inner dialogue of confidence. What do you think on that? I really like that because that's something that we can all work on. You know, we've talked to people who've said that the mark of a champion is confidence, but what Leah teaches us is that we can, you know, we can not listen to the one that says you're not good enough and we can tell ourselves you are, you've put it in there, you've done it. So I love, I love that as a takeaway, Kelly, that's, that's fabulous. We just need to continue working on our positive self-talk. Yeah. And you know, we've had a split, kind of a split decision on whether confidence can be built. Some, some of the people we've had on here, coaches say no, that, that, you know, Kids are born with it. They come in. They're just confident, and that you you know it's really kind of an innate thing. And I I you and I disagree with that. And so <laughs> I do. Yeah, I do. And I I think it can be built. And here is a perfect example of someone that says, you know, I wasn't always confident. I always I had some self doubts, and that she, just by what she's continually practicing and saying, she harnesses. And I love that word, harnesses confidence. So, what is yeah. your um your second takeaway, Maria? Well, the second one is is a little on the lighter side, but something that I really admire is her her willingness to embrace new adventures in her life. She's she tries new things. She's moved herself uh, across the country to a completely new place, and and you know is embracing new hobbies and cooking and and uh, I I love that about her. I, I think that we all need. I think that that. embracing adventure and new things is something that we can all grow in 
uh, and probably it's a reflection of her courage, but she's just like, I'm going to just, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try this for a young woman to move far away from her. You know, she had that really solid group of friends in Virginia, and she just started all over again. And I just think that's a great thing for all of us to remember, hey, we can we can embrace new things in our lives and good things can come out of it. Yes, yes. Love that that spirit of her of her adventure. And also, like I, we, we talk about in the show, that she's known for being fun. And she's yeah. known for being kind of a team player and somebody that you love having around you when you're on the pool deck. And I think maybe that's part of it, that she's just adventurous, she's fun. And certainly, uh, I think that's just a huge, huge thing that we can all take away and say, hey, let, let me add a little adventure to your to my life. And I, I loved it when she said, if someone had told me that you could make bread, uh, you know, it was like, <laughs> I think that's what she said. And yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I that that really hit home for me too yeah. because yeah. Uh, I, I loved it. So yeah, yeah, so those are our takeaways. So Maria, what uh, what action item are you going to come out of here with? Maybe and because of the inspiration of Leah Smith, what are you going to do in your life? You know, the the I'm already working on trying to be reflective. So that of course I'm inspired by Leah to to continue that. But I love the the Steve Prefontaine. Leah Smith, just put it all out there. This is not who I am at all. <laughs> I'm a you know I'm a go out slow and under promise over deliver see what happens by the end kind of person. And so, I want to embrace just this idea of being courageous in anything that I do, but particularly in a race. Just gonna go out there and and, and not be afraid. Just throw throw it out there and see what happens. So that'll be my action item. I'm getting ready to race uh, in a week, and uh, I'm gonna just at the start. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do do oh my, my best goodness. to, to this channel. Is a 12 hour, this is a twelve hour race. Is. You might, you, you might, you might want to just ah, stop, 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 stop. That down. <laughs> twelve hours. My goodness. Wow. Okay. okay. What about you, Kelly? Well, Mar- Maria, bring in that positive self talk there. <laughs> I love, I'm going to be more adventurous. I really am. I, you know me, I am not yes. the adventurous type. So I'm That's inspired true. by Leah to be more adventurous. I'm going to actually try to cook something that, <laughs> um, you know, that, that normally would never be in my repertoire. So, uh, I, That's I'm inspired great. by that. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I love that. She's, she's yeah. truly an inspirational figure. She is. She is. It was a great interview, and uh, we will definitely be watching her and cheering for her. And uh, it was Absolutely. it was just a lot of fun. Got a lot out of it. I'm so happy we finally got to visit with Leah. Me too. All right, Maria. Uh, good luck next week in your race. Thanks. And Thanks. Uh, I know you are coming to Florida, so I'm going to get to see have you. Some face to face time. Yeah, love it. All right, love you, girl. Love you, Kelly. Bye bye. Alrighty, bye bye. This week's quote of the week comes from Leah Smith. When your body and your brain are screaming at you, you can tap into that other voice that says, I've put in the training and I can do this. You've been listening to the Champions Mojo podcast designed to make you feel inspired, motivated and educated. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify and Google Play. Also visit championsmojo.com to learn more.